0: Geek in the Streets.
1: A podcast where we share knowledge with each other on different geek and nerd topics. So join us for the conversation.
0: Starting now. Welcome to Geek in the Streets. I'm Ian.
1: And I'm Arielle.
0: And this is a podcast for the geek and the nerd subjects you love as if you are part of the conversation. And Ariel, what are we talking about today?
1: Today we are going to talk about the strongest Avenger, Thor. Hulk?
0: Thor? Uh, we'll come to that later. Point
1: break. Um. So we're going to talk about Thor. This is in prelude to the up-and-coming Thor Love and Thunder movie. We thought we haven't done Thor yet. I've actually been saving it for this time, as I've mentioned before on the podcast. But
0: We've been itching before to do a podcast on Thor.
1: Right, so we're getting into it today. And let's start because this is what we did in the Loki podcast. We'll do a very, very brief dive into Norse mythology. We're not going to go that deep because we have a whole Norse mythology podcast. You just scroll back up, you'll find it. But we'll just do a, a brief dip into the mythology because that's what we did in loki so i felt like it was only fair so
0: yeah and it is based off norse mythology so let's get a little base going
1: so thor in norse mythology is the god of thunder the sky and agriculture he is the son of odin and his consort jord who is the earth so or maybe it's yord it's
0: probably yord yeah
1: so but not this is important his mother is not Briga, okay? Yes. Who's Odin's official wife. His wife is Sith, who's the fertility goddess, and she is known for her golden hair because Loki cut off all her hair, and so the dwarves made her actual gold hair. Yeah. And so he has a couple children. He has... Modi and Thrud, and those are his children with Sif and then of course because he's a Norse god he has a child with his mistress who's a giantess named Magni but Thor's main role is he is the defender of Asgard which is the realm of the gods and Midgard which is basically earth and
0: he's kind of the everyman's god too It was like if you were going to pray and you were just a normal dude you would probably pray to Thor
1: and he is kind of a blendering oaf a lot of the things
0: very much so he's much um i would say more light-hearted and uh slow-witted in norse yeah. mythology but his strength is what everybody cared about back then
1: he does have a powerful hammer named mjolnir but it is two l's in the mythology did you know that but what's also different is he has to have like a little belt to wield it right
0: yes Megingjord
1: yeah so and or something he, like that he has two goats uh, Tooth uh Nasher and Snarltooth I didn't use the Norse names because they're very difficult mm-hmm. and his goats are interesting they pull like a sled for him but he also can butcher them and eat them and then they regenerate themselves as long as he doesn't break their bones because the bones it, actually then they have to heal longer and the other important distinction I wanted to make is Loki is not his brother it's actually like his like uncle uncle but not by blood like in a yeah. you know like your dad's friend who you call uncle so-and-so
0: and he was known for his wonderful red beard
1: yes and hair and hair yeah so let's talk about his introduction to marvel comics so thor's first appearance in marvel comics was in journey into mystery number 83 august 1962 His first self-titled issue is Thor number 126, which I was like, if that's his first one, why does it start at 126? But whatever, you know, they do that. Yeah. Uh, March 1966. And this was during the Silver Age of comic books, uh, which we've talked about a lot. I don't know if you want to get into again, but Silver Age.
0: Well, we basically have, you know, different ages of comics. Golden Age is when, like, Superman and Batman first came out through the 50s, and that was when comics sold the most, and uh, kind of those old-school comics. The Silver Age happens post-Barry Allen Flash, and it's kind of bringing sci-fi into comics and stuff, and that's where a lot of people think of, you know, your classic, the way comics look, Uh, and then we have various ages after that. So Silver Age is kind of like the second big age in comics.
1: As Silver would imply. Yes. So, uh, I didn't mention this yet, but he was created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. And a different version of a more mythical Thor was portrayed in Venus number 12 through 13 in 1951. And interestingly enough, Jack Kirby had done a version of Thor in the 50s for DC as well.
0: Yeah, this is very interesting. It's uh, You really get with those old comics that they would try out ideas And if they liked them or if they thought, hey, maybe this could be a main character down the line, they would just do it again. And they wouldn't say this is the same Thor. They would just be like, well, let's do another Thor comic. I mean, similar to uh, if you listen to our Nightwing podcast, which none of you did. uh, Nightwing was a name used previously, and then they just brought it back later.
1: Well, I think we said that Loki was like that too. Like He used to be more like the devil and he just kind of continued to change. But Thor's full name in the comics is Thor Odinson. He's from Asgard, so he's an Asgardian and he is a god. He has some of his powers. He has superhero strength, speed, durability, and longevity. He is a god, so he lives for a very, very long time. He Mm -hmm. does wield Mjolnir, which is spelled with only one L in the comics. And through Mjolnir, he can teleport through dimensions. He can manipulate electricity, so make thunder. He can fly. Oh, and he can manipulate the weather. Oops. I guess thunder could go under both electricity and...
0: Yeah, but I, you know, I don't think that's actually wrong to write it the way you did because if you were reading it on the back of a comic book card, they would do the same thing. Because manipulating weather, he can—he has the power of the storm, and you think of like X Men Storm. Yes, Thor can do that in the comics. He can actually create weather, um, electricity. He can fire bolts of lightning from his hammer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you're not wrong to write it like that. Not at all. Don't be shy.
1: Okay, he is a founding member of the Avengers, and then you wanted to mention something about the Hulk.
0: Well. There's a classic um, nerd battle here, right? Who is stronger, Hulk or Thor? And we have our various guesses. Ariel, who do you think is stronger?
1: Like in the comics or...
0: Whatever, just however you want to see it.
1: Well, I know what you're going to say, so I feel like I'm spoiling it. But I always think Thor. Okay. He's a god.
0: I would say from physical strength perspective, the longer a fight goes on, Hulk will win that in terms of strength, right? But... I would like to remind everyone out there in uh, fellow nerd land with me why Stan Lee actually created Thor, because he had previously created a super strong character called the Hulk, who was the strongest being on the planet. And he goes, He was goes, gray, right? He no, was gray no, when no, he was no, first no. created. And uh, Stan Lee ran into this problem narratively. He goes, Well, who can defeat Hulk? And so his first thought was, Okay, that's why we are going to use a god. So Thor was put into Marvel Comics. Literally to defeat the Hulk. Hmm. So rather than think of who's physically stronger, I like to say if there's a fight between the two, I'm going to give the edge to Thor.
1: Yeah, cool. Well, so let's talk about, as we usually do, let's talk about good runs, important storylines. I thought I'd let you go first with your anecdotal knowledge, and then I have pulled some things from the internet, but you go first.
0: Anecdotal knowledge, the worst kind. She's a doctor. That was a dig. It
1: wasn't I'm i mean just it's kidding. just yours first hand experience maybe
0: is what <laughs> i should have said so uh one of my favorite thor comics i'll start with thor disassembled it was an avengers disassembled storyline where they were kind of tearing apart the avengers and later the book the new avengers would come out which was a shake-up to the lineup of the avengers but that being said one of the things i always liked about that comic was uh thor's journey it's kind of I I think I have a type of Thor storyline, and it is more of the God becoming more human type of thing. And there's one point in this storyline where he's actually becoming more godly that he sacrifices his eye to the world tree and nothing happens. And he's all upset and he's like, I don't know why this isn't working. And it's because Odin already did that. So Thor, in order to get the power of the world tree, he has to sacrifice both his eyes and become blind. And I always thought that was pretty cool. Moving on, we'll do Thor for Asgard. Now, that had beautiful art by Simone Bianchi, an Italian artist who's uh, kind of like the other guy who paints stuff, uh, like Alex Alex Ross, which people know more famously. The other guy who paints stuff. Yeah, I know, but he's uh, amazing art. But I absolutely love this storyline. What I love about it is it feels very Game of Thronesy. And you know how in the Batman podcast, I mentioned that I liked Batman stories the best in Gotham Mm -hmm. because it was all about Batman and the kind of like intricacy of his character and stuff. I feel that way with Thor comics and Asgard. As much as I love Avengers comics, and I'll I'll mention a few down the line, my favorite Thor storylines are very Asgard based because you get more into that political fantasy and we get to see things such as when thor and the asgardians uh sack a village and stuff it's not always just um he's the hero and everybody loves him you get to see kind of the downside of if you are like you have a hammer called the crusher you know that's what it translates to what that would be like right and so i think thor for asgard kind of has that kind of game of thronesy political not everything's okay vibe um you did actually mention in your list thor god of thunder so i will Wait on that one. You know,
1: I will say really quickly, I'm going to interrupt you. I had, before I picked the list that I did, I was looking at top Thor comics to read, and actually those three you just named were listed. So, oh, were they? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll have to put a picture of the model a friend of mine, Bo, made uh, that it's lights up. For sure. And he uh, modeled that after the four Asgard storyline, because he knew that was like my favorite Thor storyline. Um Moving on, like I said, God of Thunder, we'll get to it later. Um, a, a different take on Thor was in The Ultimates, which was the ultimate universe that came out in the early 90s that restarted the Marvel Universe in a different line. Um, it was their Avengers. And Thor was very different in that. So I wouldn't say it's like my favorite or anything like that, but I think it's a very interesting take on Thor. And he had Megan Gjord, the belt. Hmm. And uh, it ends up in a very interesting place, the whole universe. When Magneto gets Mjolnir because Mjolnir is made out of a kind of metal, so during a fight he just kind of pulls it to him, and all of a sudden he's the most powerful being there is. You know, so that's that was a cool little thing. Uh, We have various Avengers storylines because he's the biggest hitter on the Avengers. Um, Uh, I know.
1: And doesn't he like? Didn't he get his? No, that's Iron Man who gets his head cut off in Infinity.
0: Oh yeah, in Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so as you mentioned, Infinity War, he's a big player in that. He's in all the kind of huge storylines. More recently, well, I say more recently, in the late 2010s, they had uh, the Siege storyline, which had to do with Asgard coming to Earth. And um, they had various different ones where villains got Asgardian powers, those kinds of things. But that's just to say that Thor often plays a very central role into the Avengers storylines, especially when it comes to pure power. And one more just to give a little shout out. If you remember, our very second podcast was on a character called
1: Adam Warlock. Adam Wizard.
0: Adam Wizard. Adam Warlock. The first person that Adam encountered was Thor. So I always thought it was interesting that as powerful as Adam later becomes, he's always kind of scared of Thor. Didn't
1: he He, try to steal Sif?
0: He tried to steal Sif because he was him at the time, and he was trying to look for a her, Uh. and uh, Thor whooped his butt. And so he was always like, as powerful as he he gets, he sees Thor walk in the room, and he kind of starts sweating a little bit.
1: Yeah. So
0: that was just a shout out for our second podcast ever. Go listen to it.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about this list that I found really quickly. I, this list came out from ScreenRant.com, so kudos to them, and it's a list of Thor comics to read specifically before Thor Love and Thunder, so I thought that'd be good just to kind of have that info out there with the movie coming up on July 8th, I believe. So there's a couple comics that they would recommend, and I'll go through them and tell you why they recommend them as well. So the first one is Thor number 337, and that's Beta Ray Bill's intro we don't know that we're getting Beta Ray Bill. I think most people think we're not. But he was teased in the background during Ragnarok. His face is on that giant Victor's wall thing, like Mount Rushmore style. But so I guess people still are holding out hope. Everyone thought that Christian Bale would be Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, before I think we knew.
0: he's the current Marvel um, tease you, tease you, tease you. And then mm-hmm. finally one day we're going to get him. Oh, you
1: mean like Adam Warlock?
0: Like Adam After Warlock. After the story
1: that Adam Warlock is most pivotal in is over. Yeah. yeah
0: sure. There there you go. So sure. they're going to have a Beta Ray Bill type of story and mm-hmm. uh, he's not going to be in it.
1: Well, they show at the end of the movie, they'll be like, this is my friend, Bill.
0: Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, I always said Beta Ray Bill when I was a kid. So it's weird for me to say it correctly as Beta Ray. Beta
1: Ray. I would think Beta would have two Ts. I started looking at Did these cards. you call car- it a Beta Fish?
0: I looked at it when I was like oh, seven years old and it teeth. just stuck.
1: Uh, okay. I'll give it to you. Uh, so then we have Thor number 378, and this is the new, well, quote unquote, new blue and gold armor that we see in the trailer.
0: Now, do you remember when the trailer first came out, I like whipped out my phone and I was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. That's this?
1: Yeah, that's this. I thought you didn't like that armor though. I don't
0: like that armor. I think it looks dumb.
1: (laughs) Okay. So then the next one is Thor God of Thunder number six, and this is the start of the God Bomb storyline involving Gore, the God Butcher, which is- Christian Bale's character in Thor Love and Thunder.
0: Now, interestingly enough, I mentioned that a friend of mine, Bo, had uh, made me something based off Thor for Asgard. Now, Bo was actually the guy who started reading Thor uh, God of Thunder and gave it to Sean and I and was like, you guys need to read this. So we had like a little comic trade going on. And this is one of the most harrowing, awesome Thor storylines of all time it has kind of multiple uh, storylines in different timelines. So you have a young impetuous Thor, you have current hero Thor, and then you have like an old man grizzled Thor. And it's telling the story of how gore affects all of their lives mm. in different timelines. And gore is just an amazing Thor villain. I mean, for it's always hard to do a villain that doesn't go back to the early days of the character. And for a new character, I think gore is, you know, a, Above the rest in terms of like intensity.
1: Yeah. So then we have Thor annual number five. And this is because we see Tooth Grinder and Tooth Nasher. By the way, they're called... I feel like the goat's names translate very different every way you... They do. So whatever. Whatever his goat's names are. And you also get a major battle between Thor and Hercules. So it looks like we're going to get the Greek gods and... Thor Love and Thunder. So, you know, that seems important. Then another one is the mighty Thor number one. And this is when Jane Foster is revealed as Thor. And then let's see, continuing with that, Thor number one, that's when Jane proves herself worth. Uh, herself worthy of wielding Mjolnir. And then you have Journey into Mystery, the annual number one. That's when we meet the gods of Olympus. You have Thor, God of Thunder, number two. And this is Gore's backstory. Mm -hmm. And then Thor, God of Thunder, number three. And this is the scene from the trailer uh, where Thor is standing there. And it's snowy and he's in front of that big body. That's the fallen body of Falagar, the behemoth. And that is straight copy paste from this comic book.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of the art...
1: So I guess you should just read the whole Thor God of Thunder Thor God of series. Thunder is
0: amazing. Because
1: I just picked three numbers, but... Or they did. Read them all.
0: With art by Isad Rabik. And uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Isad at Comic-Con. Super awesome guy. And it was funny because we walk up to him and we're just like, Man, your art and Thor God of Thunder is so amazing. And he was one of those guys. He's like, Oh, really? Yeah, it's like it? Yeah. Some of it turned out okay. And, you know, like just the most humble nicest artist uh he's croatian by the way but a uh, super cool guy and i can't say enough about his depiction of thor i mean come to think of it i tend to like painted thor comics or that style because the sadra is kind of that style uh simone bianchi is kind of that style huh i'm starting to notice something about myself i hope he gets all the credit he deserves from uh all that thor movie stuff because clearly he was a huge influence on that movie so Good job, Ysad.
1: Yeah, so let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into the MCU.
0: Sounds like a plan. The Geek in the Streets podcast is supported by the Geek in the Streets podcast.
1: And listeners like you.
0: Well, not yet.
1: All right, we're back, and we're going to get into the MCU and in Thor in the MCU.
0: Well, hold on, Ariel. We're going to back up just a little bit because I should mention that Thor has been around in animation for a while.
1: Well, yeah, we just talked about the comics.
0: Right. So in Thor 1966, speaking of comics, there was the old Marvel Animation Studio, which they literally would take uh, comic panels and animate them just by like lip flaps and moving physically panels and stuff very very low quality production but it's kind of gained a life outside of regular animation on its own for being almost so silly but that was a thor 1966 Mm. i would say on a more serious note if you were going to look at thor interpretations that were stronger avengers earth's mightiest heroes the tv show i've mentioned it on the podcast before I love it. I think their Thor is very well done. He's a little bit more pompous, I Mm -hmm. would say, in that one. Uh, But very good interpretation of Thor and plays a pivotal role in many of the storylines. So Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And then uh, there was this little Thor movie based off a Loki comic, actually, called Thor and Loki Blood Brothers. Now, we watched that together, didn't we not?
1: Yeah, we did.
0: And you loved it, if I remember.
1: Yeah. No, I did not love it. But um, I, the story was interesting. I liked the story. But the style was not not for me. Like, Loki was hideous. Thor was, like, a bit... My, it Just the style was not for me.
0: Um, Good story,
1: I, though. Good story.
0: Yeah, I really liked that Loki comic. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier, is that... You know, It was all Asgard-focused. It wasn't Thor on yeah. Earth going in between. It was Asgard-focused, and that's what I really like in Thor comics. But now, finally, I will release the thunder that I've been carrying for you to wield.
1: Thank you. Okay, so let's talk about the first Thor movie, released in 2011, directed by a personal favorite of mine, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, And let's talk about the cast. So everyone knows that Chris Hemsworth is Thor, obviously.
0: He's Thor in real life.
1: Yeah, basically. And then we have Anthony Hopkins as Odin, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, Stellan Skarsgård as Eric Selvig, Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis, Clark Gregg as Agent Coulson, Idris Elba as Heimdall. Renee Russo as Frigga. Side note, she's not related to the Russo brothers. Mm. I had to look that up one time because I was curious. Jamie Alexander as Sif. And then a lot more. There's a lot more. There's a lot of people in that movie. Right. So let's talk thoughts and feelings real quick. Let me go first, though. Because sure. if you remember back to our original podcast, I believe this was the first movie you made me watch with you, or did we watch Captain America first?
0: We did these two in the same day.
1: Which one came first, though?
0: Uh, it was... Captain America.
1: Okay. So, sorry, this is the second movie you made me watch. Yes. Marvel related movie. I had only seen all of Iron Man 1, 2, and 3 and the first Avengers at that point. And what was that? When we started dating? 2016? Something, so, like, that. something like that. Or maybe 2016. Listen to our first podcast for more <laughs> yeah. details. So, so,
0: we're both in trouble with each other.
1: We had rented that movie and we watched it together on my couch in a rainy day. And I knew nothing about the movie. I actually didn't want to watch the movie, you if I remember not. correctly, which is funny because now Thor is arguably one of my favorite Marvel characters. And so when we watched it, I'm like, I don't know about this. And then I did really, really enjoy it. I like the first movie quite a bit. There's one glaringly awful problem with it, and that is Thor's eyebrows and his wig. <laughs> um, but the movie itself is very good. I like that it's serious with that fallen angel fall from grace kind of storyline but then it's peppered with a little bit of humor there's the deeper emotions like when loki's finding out you know he's adopted and that's what sets us on the path to avengers it's i think it's a very important very pivotal movie And let's just talk about some of the actors, real. Or do you want to say your your thoughts first?
0: Oh, you you can you can keep going.
1: Okay, well, I I have a lot to say. Just just like look at this list of actors, like what a star-studded cast, right? Chris Hemsworth was, this is what, his third role. He was in Star Trek for a minute, and then he was in that horse show we were just watching about. Mm-hmm. And same with Tom Hiddleston. He wasn't really in much now. And, and just look how much their careers have blossomed from this. And then you get Idris Elba, who is fantastic as Heimdall. That's my one regret about the Thor franchise is I could have used way, way, way more Heimdall. Um, both of his parents are amazing. I mean, Anthony Hopkins, come on. Uh, Kat Dennings is really great. Uh, Clark Gregg is really great. Natalie Portman, I'm not a huge Natalie Portman fan, but I think she's fine. Um, Stellan is really great. I, everyone just plays really well together, and I just, I just really like. I think it's a really great, well done movie, especially that early, you know, phase one or whatever. Right. Almost like phase zero because I don't think we knew we where we were going yet. But yeah, I just, I think it's a really good movie and one I will always come back to.
0: Yeah. All right, so I want to just bring up a couple things. First of all, you see directed by Kenneth Branagh. And at this time, you would look at that and go, wait, what? It's because he obliterated
1: the real people.
0: Yeah, Kenneth Branagh was uh, a Shakespearean actor. Harry
1: Potter actor. He
0: was a Harry Potter actor. (laughs) But he was very well known for his stage work, very serious. Um, You know, he's been up for Academy Awards, all these sorts of things. And he's directing Thor, the kind of like, you know... Who cares of the Marvel Universe? And Kenneth Branagh, his mom used to bring him home Thor comics. And so he's always loved the characters. And I love hearing stories like that. Regardless of who you are, if something has touched you, you know, how awesome is it if you get to pay it forward and, you know, do your own interpretation of Thor. So I think Kenneth Branagh is why we got Thor the way we did. Anthony Hopkins, Stellan Skarsgård, guys like that that would not normally be in a movie like this. Rene Russo... Um, they were in this movie because Kenneth Branagh was attached to direct. And then to say, we're going to get an unknown, which is always smart with comic book casting, and they get Chris Hemsworth, I mean, knock it out of the park. But that being said, he can only carry so much of the movie. You really have to play it against the yin and the yang of Tom Hiddleston as Loki. And I've said many times, I think the Marvel Universe owes him a great debt of gratitude because he created the first real villain that they had.
1: And he's amazing. And, and, he's and an I amazing will say, actor. I think it's smart. And I know this is, I think, the way it was in the comics as well. But the 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 fact to change Loki and Thor to brothers yes. makes more sense for this kind of setting. And I believe that's the way it's in the comics as well. And you just have it a little more streamlined that you know Odin and Frigga or his parents. You know that that's a little right. more streamlined makes sense. But they the dynamic there between Thor and Loki is one of my favorite interpersonal relationships in the Marvel universe. I think it's. It's such a beautiful character arc for both of them Mm -hmm. and an arc for their relationship. And it's been a nice story to kind of follow throughout the MCU. Absolutely. Even though Loki is technically a villain.
0: Yeah, and one thing I would like to point out, uh, I think it was Robert Downey Jr. who actually said this, but Thor was probably the most important movie for all of Marvel. Why? Because you had Iron Man. It was a smash success. And if you did, you know, if Captain America... Did something it would be awesome too but the thing about captain america is it was a period piece it was still based on really technology and stuff like that what you really needed to see if marvel could do the full marvel thing to see if a fa- fantastical element thor god of thunder from a different realm all these sorts of things it was so much bigger and so much different than something like iron man if you're not able to stick that landing You don't get the Marvel Universe as we know. It would probably just continue to be a series of techno thrillers or something like that. So my hat's off to Thor. And I said this on the podcast before. I've said it to you. This is one of my favorite movies in the whole MCU. I come back to it all the time. If I'm having just like a lazy Sunday or something like that, I'll just turn it on the TV while I do other things.
1: Mm -hmm. So the next time we see Thor is in The Avengers, which was released in 2012, directed by Joss Whedon. Thor gets a pretty big storyline here, Loki more so though as the villain, but we get a little deeper into Thor and he's kind of a, you know, a big pillar obviously of the Avengers.
0: Right. And similar to the comic books, it's Loki who causes the Avengers to assemble. Um, So I thought it was cool that they did it like that. And I thought you would mention something else on this movie. No more blonde eyebrows, blonde yeah, weird, and tight wig. Yeah. So they kind of uh, loosened up a little bit on the Thor uh, interpretation, and of course we get a classic Thor versus Hulk fight. <laughs> That's yeah. always cool. This movie's just great, and like you said, Thor Wait, and Loki. Thor versus Hulk. Yeah, Thor versus Loki. Oh, yeah, okay. In the jet yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, okay. But um, Thor versus Loki is kind of the centerpiece of what's going on because Loki feels spurned from the first movie and he decides to take out his anger and frustration uh, on Earth because mm-hmm. Earth is Thor's favorite place to hang out.
1: Yeah. And so then, okay, everyone, prepare to get angry. Oof. We're going to talk about thor the dark world released in 2013 directed by alan taylor mainly the same cast except they replaced um josh dallas who was one of one of thor's little posse with zachary levi which the warriors three what
0: the warriors three
1: i like josh dallas so i but i also like zachary levi but i liked josh dallas's interpretation i liked
0: josh dallas in the role uh better now originally i believe they had tapped zachary Zachary levi to play that character but Mm -hmm. he couldn't because scheduling conflicts Mm. so they went with josh dallas and then later zachary levi you know came back but i i just thought josh dallas did a better
1: and i like him so all right hold on to your hats because we've said it before on the podcast and we'll say it again we like this movie
0: Everyone (laughs) thinks it's cool to say this movie stinks. And you know what's not cool? Just being a follower and reading Reddit threads.
1: And even uh, poor Chris Hemsworth, we watched an interview with him recently. I think it was Vogue or GQ. uh, And he said that he feels like his portrayal wasn't very good in this movie. And I feel like that's probably from him more like pressure and feedback from the fans, which kind of stinks. But here's what I'm going to say about this movie. Villain's not great. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Malachite, what's his name? Malakith. Whatever. Who cares? Um, villain's not great. But the story is cool, and it is a, two things. It's very pivotal in the Marvel Universe. We learned that even in Endgame because, you know, Thor and Rocket end up back there. If it wasn't important, I don't think they would have, you know, time mm-hmm. jumped back to it, right, in the time heist. And two, it's some of the best interactions between Thor and Loki. And as Loki, I mean, Thor and Loki are two of my favorite Marvel characters, period, like, probably top five. And there are some amazing scenes between them. I mean, one of my favorite scenes in the whole Marvel Universe is when Thor visits Loki in jail, and Loki looks all calm, and he's like, come on, brother, after Frigga dies, and he's like, come on, brother, I know you better than that, and it's just, like, all in shambles. Like, that's one of my favorite scenes in Marvel, period. Then there's the fun interactions when he's, like, impersonating Cap, and, you know... Yeah, kind of, and that's just interesting because it's like Chris Evans playing, you know,
0: yeah, Tom Hiddleston playing
1: Tom Hiddleston playing Chris Evans. But that movie, yeah, there are there are flaws with like the villain and things like that. And honestly, like again, Jane Foster doesn't do it for me. I just I would have rather them had him with Sif. I know that Jane Foster is you know one of his love interests too, but I think Sif is a cooler character personally. Mm -hmm. Um, but so I just think that uh, it's a good movie, and I'll 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 die on that hill.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And, um, you know, it's got some stuff like, I'll tell father you fought bravely. And he's like, I didn't do it for him as yeah. he's dying. Yeah. Or we think he's dying. Loki. Uh, Loki usurping at the end when Thor walks away from Odin and it transforms into Loki, like things like that. It's so Thor. And I've said this before on the podcast. I think everyone will agree that Thor Ragnarok is one of the best Marvel movies, all this stuff. Um, they definitely changed direction. And I kind of like a little bit... I would have loved to live a little bit more in Viking Thor mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: spot, we don't really you know? get it that much Now, it's like
0: once we got Ragnarok, that kind of Viking side of it is over. And we go more into the sci-fi Jack Kirby influence stuff. But like I would have loved to see, like I mentioned, my favorite Thor storylines are Asgard based. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see a little bit more of this in the Marvel Universe. And I understand. I am way, way off to most people. They're like, no, that was the worst Marvel movie. I don't think so. I like it a lot. So
1: Well, the Russo brothers agree with us.
0: I was going to say, Kevin Smith pointed out, he said the Russo brothers are genius because they liked Thor The Dark World. And when they made the biggest movie of all time, they said, we're going to make you watch Thor The Dark World again. <laughs> yeah. And so they put it in their movie. So if the Russo brothers, who made one of the, the biggest movie of all time, I was going to say one of them, but it's the biggest movie of all time. If they put Thor The Dark World in there... If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for you.
1: Well, speaking of movies that people don't like, uh, up next is Avengers: Age of Ultron, which came out in May 2015. Josh Whedon Josh again. You don't get that much Thor, and honestly, because he's off like uh, hunting the Infinity.
0: Yeah, he's trying Stones. to figure out what's going on with the Infinity Stone. So cool role. He's kind yeah. of pivotal in. in taking There's that, that one step. weird
1: scene I've never understood where he's like in, standing in the water or something like that. Do you I never want me understood. to explain it real sure, quick? Because I don't understand that one.
0: He's super jacked. Oh. That's why.
1: He's shirtless, though, right?
0: Oh, completely. Okay, His veins have veins in that scene.
1: (laughs) But he is in it more than he is in Civil War, which is not at all. Besides his fun little videos, which Mm -hmm. you should look up. Uh, And then he does show up briefly in Doctor Strange. And then we're coming up to one of... We
0: should say, by the way, he gives Vision life with power. Because, you know, it's uh, Bruce Banner and Tony Stark who kind of put Vision's body together, but he's the one who charges him with lightning.
1: Oh, and that's one of the best scenes, too, is when they're all trying to pick up Mjolnir. We get a little sneak peek that Cap's, Cap's going to do it one day. You yeah. know, He lifts it a little, and Thor gets nervous. But mm-hmm. that's a great scene, too. So then we get one of arguably the best Marvel movies, in my opinion, which is Thor Ragnarok. Released 2017, Taika Waititi, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite directors ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed it and we've added a couple characters we have kate blanchett as hella jeff goldblum as jeff goldblum as the grandmaster (laughs) uh tessa thompson as valkyrie mark ruffalo is in it as bruce banner obviously and then carl urban as scourge so uh oh you know we haven't mentioned so so far uh thor's mom is dead she died in thor 2 in case you forgot And then we also lose Odin in this one, too. Yeah. When we think that Loki's dead, but he's not. And so this movie is one of the best Marvel movies. I think it's a movie that even someone who's not a Marvel fan could enjoy. The comedy is amazing, hilarious. I think it's the funniest Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. The visuals are great. The storyline's pretty darn great. It's compelling. Um, I think... All the acting is pretty darn great. Like, I love Carl Urban, Kate Blanchett as Hella. Like, we actually did, for Halloween that year, before it was, no, yes, yeah, before it was released, we did Hella and Thor as our Halloween costumes. The movie wasn't even out yet, so no one got it. But we were so, I was so enthralled with how Hella looked in the trailer that I was like, we have to do this in our Halloween costume.
0: And I had a beard, so I was like, I guess I'll do Thor. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so what do you want to say about it?
0: So, going into this movie, I remember everybody was super excited, but I was definitely on the fence because it looked like they had changed it to be so much more comedic. You know, they cut Thor's hair. It seemed they took him out of they Asgard, they put him into like a spacey Guardians of the Galaxy type of vibe, and I was not having it. I was like, "You know what? Um, we'll see how this one does, but uh it looks like they're kind of jumping the shark. To me, so I wasn't that into it. And then I saw the movie. And Taika Waititi, one thing that he does in all of his movies is he starts out almost very slapstick and he thinks, he makes you think that it's going to be some sort of big joke, but it's not a joke. None yeah. of it's a joke to him. He's very serious about the story he's telling, and I feel it's got so much more heart than so many other Marvel movies, even though it's so funny.
1: Oh, and I forgot that he's in it as Cork. Yeah, like he's Korg in it as a like hilarious character. His
0: sense of humor just gets me every time. It's like a little kid talking all yeah. the time, and uh, I just love it. We've talked about Hunt for the Wilder People uh, on here a million times. Jojo like Rabbit. Go watch that, yeah. Jojo Rabbit. Great movies. Um, And even the episodes of Star Wars uh, Mandalorian that he's yeah. directed, I feel like he just gets he just is, how yeah. to trick you into feeling the feels hard.
1: Yeah. Now the other thing we should say is Chris Hemsworth said in that same interview that he was starting to get a little bored with Thor and Taiko Waititi was like, yeah, me too. So he gave him a little bit more, um, reins, free reins, to kind of take the character back a little bit. And Chris Hemsworth, even though he's super, super hot, is also really funny. Like if you watch any videos that he puts out on his own or whatever, he's a very funny human being. So to let him kind of take the character back a little bit and give him a little bit more life instead of just a flat superhero, I think was a really smart move. It kind of plays up all the best of his abilities, you know?
0: That's a good point. Even though I love Viking Thor, there's something about Chris Hemsworth, the actor, that you say, okay, Chris is funny. Maybe his performance will be better if we let him breathe a little bit more. Right. You know, and Taika had just the right amount of like doing that. And again, like I said, in the beginning, I was like, oh man, is this too much? But by the end, as serious as it goes, and you know, Hella, let's talk about her as a villain. One of the best Marvel villains, Oh, right? definitely.
1: Uh, one of the best Marvel mil- villains. I
0: mean, I'm kind of like, what if her and Thanos went at it?
1: Yeah, I mean, she is compelling. She's a it. I mean, she destroys all of Thor's friends in like two minutes.
0: And Kate Blanchett, she's part vampire because she looks freaking amazing. Yeah, in she's that movie. pretty amazing. Like you're like wow.
1: Oh, also Heimdall is great in this movie yeah. too. How he's kind of like I always want Boots more Heimdall. Yeah, I always always wanted more Heimdall. But yeah, I thought he was really great in this movie too. The Hulk scenes are really good. The the banter between them is really good. I know you don't love Tessa Thompson. She's just kind of the the drier, more, you know, straight-at-it humor than like, you know, Thor who's goofy or Loki who's scheming the whole time or Yeah, Thor you know, has Taika. definitely
0: a little bit more of that Taika childish humor going yeah. on in this movie, um which is very funny, but I see what you're saying about Valkyrie who's kind of over it. She's over everything he yeah. does.
1: Yeah, so great movie, super feel-good movie, which was nice because the next ones we got were not feel-good movies. All right, let's bring it down. Well, let's just summarize. So, so far, we have lost Frigga, Thor's mom. Odin has also died. They have to sacrifice physical Asgard to be able to live as a people, and they kind of go off in the spaceship, right? So, we've lost a lot of things, but Thor kind of officially steps into his role as the king of Asgard.
0: Yeah. And, Um, oh, and we should say, since Hela was his sister, he technically lost his sister because she was destroyed with Asgard.
1: Right. So then we get... I'm not going to go, like, too deep into Avengers Infinity War and They'll have their own podcast. Yeah, and we've talked about them before. They are the Russo brothers, but... This is a from the get-go a lot more serious high-stake, very opposite of the sunshine and rainbows and jokiness of Ragnarok and I think that's why I like Ragnarok because it's kind of like a palate cleanser as you like when you go backwards and watch it. But who, Thor gets kicked in the gonads right away. I mean right away we we cut on the scene and Thanos is killed all the asgardians he freaking strangles loki he kills heimdall it's a lot for thor thor's rocketed into space ends up with the um guardians oh i forgot to say he lost an eyeball too he lost an eyeball too yeah he ends up with the guardians and he's depressed and we see that he's sad i mean he freaking lost everything almost every person you ever care about jane foster had broken up with him too. In Ragnarok.
0: His hammer was destroyed.
1: His hammer was destroyed by Hela. I mean, he's down in the dumps. At the end of the movie, He well, he gets Stormbreaker made. And then he's the reason Thanos wins. They're part of the reason, because he didn't aim for the head, right?
0: He throws Stormbreaker into Thanos' chest. And this is a very iconic line. Is Thanos, he grabs Thanos by the head like, I'm going to mess you up, dude. And Thanos says, you should have aimed for the head. And he snaps the Infinity Gauntlet and half the universe disappears and he escapes.
1: And so, very crushing for Thor, because I don't think Thor is used to losing, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's an Avenger. He's a god. And so, when we get to Endgame, we see depressed Thor. And he's depressed. He's put on a lot of weight. He's not acting like a god. He's playing video games in his basement, basically. No, it's like a little hut. And he's depressed. And we see that he's drinking too much. And I actually, I know a lot of people had problems with quote-unquote fat Thor, I don't. I think that they handled the emotional distress he was going through. They made it a little lighthearted, yes, but they also took it seriously. Like you could see that Thor was really struggling and he came back at the end. And the cool thing was he came back, but he still had the weight and he had the Viking beard with the braids and the braids in his hair and he just looked really cool.
0: Yeah, and did you know that was a choice by Chris Hemsworth? Because they were going to do in that scene where he powers up and he turns back into like buff Thor and he's like, no, we should keep him, you know, the same body weight and everything, just armor him up and stuff because, you know... Uh, he didn't want it to be cheap. Right. He didn't want and, to be cheap. Like, oh, all you need is God power, and then you'll be fit again. You know, like I think the way they handled it, they didn't do it just for the laughs to yeah. make him, you know, bigger. They did it to show that you know he had become even as a god depressed, and these were some of the ramifications yeah, so of the way he felt. I mean,
1: when you're depressed, you don't feel like working out and like lifting weights and. F- fighting. You know, you just, you don't feel like doing much. You get
0: the sense that he didn't do anything in between what had happened with Thanos and and nothing for five years. And
1: one thing I was going to say that you made me think of when you said that that was Chris's ideas. One thing I really respect about Chris Hemsworth, say what you will, is he knows the character of Thor and he helped bring Thor to life and he wants to do justice by Thor. He's not one of those actors who's gotten a little bigger now and said like mm, I don't really care about that anymore you know I mean I think he said he would play Thor till he died didn't yeah. he and I just I I always say this time and time again on the podcast that I respect someone who who pays tribute to where they came from and who loves the characters that we love and takes care of them. And I feel like he does that.
0: And knowing that the reason he is where he is is because of Thor. It's not because he's awesome, which he is. He's totally awesome. It's because he had the chance to play such an iconic character and he grew as an actor and as a human, and as a father, and all these things that you want to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, He grew because of Thor himself. So I love it when actors take it seriously, too. And he can still do all the movies he wants, but as long as he comes back to Thor, you know, to show this is where he came from.
1: And they gave us one of the coolest moments in a movie ever.
0: Which was? When
1: Cap got Mjolnir.
0: And what did Thor say?
1: He said, I knew it! He knew it. Yeah, and Mm. uh, that's a great part. So at the end of Endgame, we see Thor get in the ship, the pat benatar with the guardians and that's where we are
0: the as guardians of the galaxy the as
1: guardians of the galaxy so coming up next is thor love and thunder which will be released july 8th 2022 so not by the time that this podcast is released it's directed by taiko Waititi again which is great and we do have Jane Foster back. I'm gonna talk about that a little in a second here. Sure. We have Jane Foster back as the Mighty Thor, right? That's what Jane Foster mm-hmm. Thor is called, um, and it is Natalie Portman. Which, you know, no, I'm just gonna say it now. Sure, Natalie Portman pieced out of the Marvel movies uh, after Thor Two. And they just said And you know, her
0: husband had made some very disparaging yep. comments about these types of movies uh-huh. in general, which I'm like, uh, okay, that's kinda weird considering your wife was in yeah. Thor and she was in Avengers. And
1: so they had them like quote unquote break up off screen, whatever. She wasn't in the Avengers, so that was a little hard to like catch up with me and like, Oh, you were in Earth, you didn't visit me, whatever. But now she's back as Jane Foster, the mighty Thor. I'm sure they offered her a butt ton of money. But I don't like that because I feel like she's just back on the train now that it's like she's seen how popular it is, how serious Marvel is taking things, how much they want to do for the characters. And she's like, oh, I guess I can write that big old cash, that big old paycheck you're giving me.
0: Providing positive female voices to the superhero genre, you know? and um you know I, I do see that kind of like oh this stuff isn't high enough art for me but then you see it's a vehicle to kind of virtue signal as well and you're like oh yeah i'm totally all about that we can make me thor
1: yeah but it just two things i never really liked jane foster i thought she was kind of plain foster in my opinion Ooh. <laughs> and and every time thor would be like jane is better i'd be like mm, not really you know uh especially compared to like peggy carter you know like jane foster is I never really liked her, and I'm sorry. But, you know, if they wanted... I mean, I know in the comics she is the mighty Thor, and if they wanted to bring her back, I almost wish they would have recast her. Hmm. I know that's bad to say.
0: I kind of agree with you in terms of everything that you said, uh, It's, but I do think Natalie Portman is a good actress. That's my thing.
1: I, I don't think she's a bad actress. Yeah. She's just always so, like, I uh, tend to blank-faced like, for me. Oh,
0: I tend to like her. In movies, well, she's very
1: pretty, so of course.
0: There's can. that, but no, also like V for Vendetta.
1: I haven't seen like that one, so maybe Star I Wars should. movies,
0: and so, yeah, so like in I don't the know. Star
1: Wars movies, she's so. Blah.
0: No, but she's still there, you know.
1: Well, she is there, That's but I so
0: know nice. I'm just I'm just providing the other <laughs> side, but like no, I I agree with the other things you said before.
1: Okay, well, thanks, uh, and so then we're adding. Obviously, the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh-huh. uh, and we're getting Russell Crowe as Zeus, but the big one is Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. So, Ian, I don't know anything about Gore the God Butcher, but you do. Mm-hmm. What do you think of what we've seen from the trailer so far? Do you think they're nailing it? I don't like the weird thing he's doing with his mouth. It's very Voldemorty for my taste, mm-hmm. uh, but... What is? What do you think? Does he look like what you? I. He's a little more alieny, huh? Yeah, in the comics, in the comics he's th- much th-
0: more alieny. His face doesn't really look very human. That being said, I am super glad they are going with Christian Bale's natural face, and uh, you know, having him act the way he is because he is such a good actor. I mean,
1: Christian Bale's a great actor.
0: You don't want to waste it on like a CGI yeah. face or something like that. He's such a good actor, and you know. Being in one of the best comic book franchises of all time, the Dark Knight series, uh, check out our podcast on, what did you call it?
1: I think Nolan's Batman verse. I don't remember. Something
0: like that. Check out our podcast. Go look for it. Um, but he, so he could have pieced out from comic book movies forever. And for him to come back as a villain, I just have a feeling the only reason you get a guy like Christian Bale in a movie like this is... As if there's something to sink your teeth into for real. So the fact that he's in the movie actually kind of, you know, settles some of my, hmm, how's this going to be?
1: Well, you know what they say. What? You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
0: You've been waiting for that the I whole I was, podcast. I was. I've been waiting.
1: I've said that as soon as I saw Christian Bale as the villain. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. And then, you know, we're getting the Olympic gods. We're getting a little more Valkyrie. Oh, those Jane gods are Foster all dead, by, by the way. They're the Olympic dead. gods?
0: Yeah, they're dead. Okay. I hope you don't like them too much.
1: I'm sure also Gore's going to kill him. Good. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, He's called
0: the God Butcher. And then we got.
1: Well, I mean, do you think they'd start there? I don't think they'd start with the Olympic gods.
0: Yeah, well, because it's like, why else would you have other gods in the movie at all? It's like the Asgardians are kind of gone you know yeah well i mean
1: there's some left i mean there's thor there's right technically a variant of loki so the questions i have revolve around you know how much are the guardians going to be in it what are we going to get from the guardians also, what's going to go on with Jane Foster? I've heard Sif is back. I would prefer him to get back. I mean, to get together with Sif than to get back to Jane mm-hmm. Foster. Um, will he continue? What's his role? Will he continue mm-hmm. being a superhero? Or he's alluding to that he's not, that he's you know taking a break. And then the big question, too, on the back of my mind is... Are we going to get variant Loki showing up? I mean, Loki is technically alive. And if you look in the trailer, he has a tattoo on his back that's Loki's helmet. And it says, like, Rip Loki or something like that. But are we going to get a Loki variant back in here? I don't know. Probably not. I think it would muddy the waters. But I'm very curious. I will say, like, poor Thor has been through so much. I mean, he... Probably has been through, like, the most out of any of the Marvel characters.
0: Curse of being immortal.
1: He lost, like... E- yeah, but he lost everybody in, like, a 10-year period. He's, like... A th- what is, yeah, how old is he? Like, 500 of years, years old?
0: No, thousands of years without losing anybody. And then he and lo- loses, like,
1: everybody in, like, a 10-year period. But he's been through a lot. So I don't know that I necessarily want to watch him, like, find himself, which it looks like we're going to do, like... I just kind of want to see Thor being super strong like he was at the end of Endgame and see him kicking some butt. So it's it's kind of like a, like a, okay, like to watch him have to like find himself again. But I get it. I mean, he's been through a lot, but like, I don't know. He got like so strong at the end of, Endgame. game it'd be nice just to see him like pick up and like kick butt you know be the strongest Avenger I well guess. I
0: think he's going to start this movie getting back into shape like they show in the trailer and then be super strong but then in his mind he's going to be I don't want to be a warrior for the rest of my life and then he's going to realize throughout this movie that that is his calling because only he will be able to stop Gore the God Butcher
1: yeah. So oh I do think that's really cool and I'm curious to see how they do it. And I should say here and now we are going to do a Thor Love and Thunder podcast three two or three weeks after it comes out. So we won't we'll give some time so we don't spoil it. But I think it's really cool looking if you watch the trailer, because Gore is like almost in like a black and white scale. And then if you're watching as the characters are interacting, at, like as Valkyrie and Thor are fighting with him, all the colors being bleached out of the shot, and it's going to more black and white scale, and it's pretty cool. I, we watched that video about yeah. it, and I, I think the visuals look really stunning, the way they're doing that.
0: Yeah, if I was going to give any criticism, I could have done without the sweet child of mine in the trailer. Oh, I like that. Um, I love the song and stuff. It's not, I that's mean, not, but that's what but they that did being in, said, I think it's going to play into some of the story in the movie. We'll see.
1: Okay, but so do you not like immigrant song in Ragnarok? Then you know no how
0: different. I feel about score versus pop songs. I know, movie. but it,
1: it works. It works, and I have to disagree. That's why I've been singing "Sweet Child of Mine" for the last couple days. By the way,
0: I prefer uh, the Thor score probably to Thor immigrant song.
1: Seven years ago, what?
0: Yeah. <laughs> nice one.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I mean, anything else you want to talk about? I'm very excited for this movie. I got to be honest, it's like the only Marvel movie coming up that I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, right now. we're not going to talk about how he's like peak physique, Chris Hemsworth peak in this movie. Physique. Uh no. He's like super jacked.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he looks we're good.
0: We're talking about Thor here. He looks good.
1: Um, but Yeah, and I'm actually, I'm excited to see, like, I just think it'll be some good character development. Like, again, I know you don't love Tessa Thompson too much, but I think it's interesting where they're taking Valkyrie's character, and I think, the directions that they're taking her and her kind of stepping into leadership after, you know, everything that happened to her beforehand. Plus, I just think the Valkyries are really, really, really cool. So it's cool to see that. I think there's like a flying horse somewhere in there too, which is really cool. So, you know, I'm just, I hope we get a little more into some mythos because you know me, I love some mythos. I love some... Greek mythology, Norse mythology. So yeah. if we get some random gods in there, I'll be super happy.
0: Well, yeah, let's... Uh, They'll you probably know, be dead, though. Make it happen, Taika. Show us all them dead gods.
1: Yeah, so we'll be back, and we'll let you know what we thought about it. But this is our little brief history of Thor and some important parts of the movies and the comics, and we hope you enjoyed it. Let us know. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're at Geek in the Streets podcast, and uh, we hope you you know like it, tell your friends kind of thing. So yeah, we've been the nerds and now you're in the herd about Thor.
0: And if you want to recommend this podcast and you have your phone in your hand and you're about to do it, just remember, whosoever holds this hammer, if they be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor.
1: The Geek in the Streets podcast can be found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Find us. Now.